Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Ujima Spirit Podcast. I am your host, Tika Taylor. Today's topic is the inner child. Yes, let's talk about the inner child. I'm sure most people have heard a lot about the inner child. We hear about protecting the inner child, releasing the inner child, nurturing the inner child, loving the inner child, forgiving the inner child. We hear a lot about it, but most people may not really understand what is the inner child. What are they referring to when they say the inner child? Now, we all obviously start off as a child. You know, we went from a baby, infant, to a child. And during that time, we learn a lot. We experience a lot. We're exposed to a lot. And those things that we're exposed to, from the womb, to birth, to growing up, infancy, those periods were very, very important because those experiences mold and shape us into who we are today. But even though we grew up, obviously, into adult bodies, but we still have a part of us that is referred to as the inner child. We all have that inner child that never quite grew up. That inner child that is still lingering there. That part of us that we all are all connected to, even though some of us may not consciously identify with it. But nevertheless, that inner child is still present. It's a lot of experiences that we've gone through. And unfortunately, some of us have gone through some very traumatic, painful experiences growing up. It could have been child abuse. You know, our parents, our guardians, our grandparents may have had abused us. And a lot of times they may not have want to abuse us. And it may have been due to ignorance, circumstances, situation, learned behavior, not excusing these behaviors, not saying that it was okay for them to abuse their children, parents of dysfunctional backgrounds and mental health illness and drug and alcohol problems and, you know, oppress uh, situations. I'm not saying that it was okay, but I'm just saying that maybe it wasn't intentional. You know, it wasn't intentional. It's by default because they were abused themselves, they've been through a lot, they really didn't understand the impact of what it is that they were doing to themselves and as well as to their children. So because of that, a lot of parents have exposed their children to domestic violence, dysfunctional relationship, some unhealthy habits, negative patterns, and really some messed up mindsets. You know, limiting beliefs, fears, doubts, there's a lot of things that we've acquired, that we've accumulated along the way. It's a lot of things. And as we grow older, you know, some of us never quite got over those things, you know, and those things stayed in that place. It's sort of like our minds compartmentalize it. You know, it's like all those bad childhood memories are just in one area, (laughs) you know, in your memory and you may or may not remember, but it's there, okay, it's there. And all the things that happened during your childhood, all those memories, whether they were good or bad, they're there. And all those things make up what they call that inner child. 
you know, that inner child is still there. You know, I mean, even though you grew up, even though you've changed, even though you matured emotionally and mentally, even though you've gone through new life experiences, life challenges, and you've gained a whole lot more understanding and wisdom, and you rationally do understand what happened to you, and you probably have forgiven your parents or your guardian, whoever raised you. You know, you probably have let go a lot of that pain of that sorrow. But unfortunately, that inner child still is sort of like it, it becomes an entity of his own. It just exists in a time frame of his own. It's that memory of childhood. I mean, that entity that was you, who's no longer you because that you have grown up. It's sort of like it becomes your false ego in a way. It's a part of you that exists in the false ego, that traumatized inner child, that inner child that suffered the pain, the disappointment, the betrayal, the heartache, you know, that inner child that hurt, all right, it's tucked away somewhere, and most people don't think about it because they don't even know it exists. They assume because they grew up, that inner child also grew up to be adult, just like them, and they don't know that there's a part of them that is still that inner child, meaning that that inner child is still influencing them. That, you know, that little child that was traumatized at five years old or seven years old or 10 or 12, 15, that child is still there. Especially when old wounds have not been healed. And most people who were oppressed or victimized or traumatized, you know, they can't recall that they were. They don't understand that something went wrong and for them to go back and change the narrative. They don't understand that. So because of that, that inner child still lives in their subconscious mind. That inner child is still there, you know, crying for help, crying for attention, wanting love, wanting to be forgiven, wanting to be nurtured, wanting to be protected. So that inner child is still there, right? And as certain people choose to do the inner work, as they heal their old wounds, as they talk about the things that happened to them in the past, painful things, of course, you know, as they talk about the abuse, you know, the molestation, you know, the attacks, you know, the abandonment, you know, when they talk about those things, they're making that inner child become activated again. You know, that inner child resurfaces and some people may even cry and take on the mannerism of that inner child. They may take on the emotions, that burden that they felt, that emotional burden that they felt, the hurt, the pain, the suffering. At that time, they may act it out again, unknowingly, subconsciously. And so it's very important that when we decide that we're gonna do the inner work, that we're gonna go back and heal ourselves, that we have to also heal that inner child. It's like it's a part of you that's split from you. It's a part of you that just have a life of his own. That memory just develop a life of his own and it's existing outside of you. Again, it's your false ego. It becomes part of your false ego. That identity that you take on, which is not yours, but it is born out of trauma. It's born out of fear, out of pain, out of suffering. And we have to be able to release that inner child. We have to be able to release the inner child and let that inner child go and let him or her go and grow up. You know, release them from that cycle. It's like they're in a time loop 
reliving the same experience over and over and over and over and over again as if it's just happening now. They're in a time loop and they can't seem to escape it. And as long as that inner child is reliving that time, that trauma over and over again, that's affecting you subconsciously. It's affecting you unconsciously. It's affecting you spiritually and emotionally and even physically. So it's important that we learn to identify that inner child, you know? And how do we do that? Let's talk about that. How do we identify that inner child? Now, we all are adults. We're talking to adults. We're not talking to any children right now. Once you become an adult, you know what's adult behavior. <laughs> you know what it's like to think like an adult. You know what it's like to feel like an adult. You know what it's like to have adult mentality and adult mindset. You know how that feels. You know how that looks if you're healthy. You know, if you were taught. Now, at the same time, when you slip into that inner child, you can tell. You can tell when that inner child steps in and that adult takes a back seat. Okay, let's talk about some of those behaviors. Okay, when you're doing things that are just irrational for you, you know, that's when you know that inner child, that traumatized inner child has slipped out. Okay, when you're doing things that are irrational, you're doing things that are impulsive, you're not even thinking about it, you just automatically do it. You know, you know that's that inner child because that adult part of you won't do that. Okay, when you just be irrational, when you're impulsive, you're doing things out of impulsivity. You're not doing it because you're stopping your thinking. You just immediately, you think of something, you want to do it. You know, it could be something that's irrational as well. It could be something that's rational or it could be something that's irrational. You're very impulsive and you just want to do it. You know, you don't want to think about the consequences of it. You don't want to think about what may happen, what may not happen. You don't want to think about how you're going to handle anything that happens. You ain't thinking at all. You just want what you want. And when you get impulsive like that, you know that that inner child is slipping out. Okay, you know this inner child is slipping out. All right. Now, when you have these fears that come from nowhere, you know, especially fears when you were a child, all of a sudden they're resurfacing without being provoked, nothing on a conscious level. And all suddenly, you know, you're afraid of lightning like you were when you were 10 years old. Or you're afraid of rats or you're afraid of being left alone. You're afraid of the dark. You know, I mean, childhood fears start resurfacing. Whenever you start feeling those childhood fears resurface, that inner child has been awakening. Awakened or is sipping through your subconscious mind into your conscious mind. So that inner child is letting you know that it's there. Is there. When you start having self-doubt, you know, you, you start doubting your abilities, your maturity, your intelligence, your capabilities, your talent, that inner child, that traumatized inner child is slipping out, slipping out. So we have to be mindful when we notice these changes in ourselves, we have to know that that inner child has slipped out and we need to find out why did that inner child, that traumatized inner child, let's be more specific, because there's many aspects to your inner child, you know, there's the playful inner child. We'll talk about that in a minute. But we're talking about a traumatized inner child. So we have to be able to reconnect with that traumatized inner child and find out what's going on. Why are these things resurfacing? Why are these fears, these insecurities, these self-doubt, these irrational behaviors and irrational things coming up? You know, why, why? 
So you have to find out. Talk to that inner child. Find out what's going on. All right? And nine times out of ten is because that inner child has been reactivated. Okay? Something new is happening in your life. Something is happening in your life. Maybe you've encountered a new experience or you're entering into a new stage in your life. Maybe you're having a new opportunity or maybe, you know, something good is coming for you and you're feeling nervous that you know that you can't handle it. So that inner child comes out, you know, to pretty much kind of illustrate or demonstrate your fears and your worries. And sometimes that inner child could also be self-sabotaging. It could be that part of you that wants to self-sabotage. You want to sabotage your experience because you don't want to have it. You don't want to have that experience because maybe you think that you can't handle it or maybe you think you don't deserve the blessings and the beautiful things that are coming, your prosperity and all the wonderful things that are going to happen. Maybe you feel like you don't deserve it. Maybe you feel like you can't handle it. Right? Maybe you feel guilty that you shouldn't have it. Maybe somebody else may, should have it. Maybe that's how you're thinking. But again, these are irrational thoughts. So you got to go back to the inner child and find out what's going on so you can go ahead on and address the problem. Right? Because if that inner child is acting out and those things are popping up, you need to go back and find out. And it's just an opportunity for you to heal. Right? Because you don't know that inner child is still there and active because it's in your subconscious. It's in your unconscious mind. And so something has to happen for it to pop up, you know, for that memory to be restored and to be activated, to be present, you know. So you have to find out what's going on. Why do I have this urge to be a child again? Why do I feel so irresponsible? You know, I, don't, I am usually a responsible person, but right now I feel irresponsible. Like I just want to do whatever I want. You know, right now, you know, I just want to be rebellious. I just want to be antisocial. You know, I just want to have my way. I want to have a temper tantrum. So those things are all showing that your inner child is present. So you have to find out what's going on and you have to heal yourself. If you never healed yourself before, then you have to go ahead on and put it out there and start addressing those issues. All right. Some people have suppressed memory. They have selective amnesia. They don't remember what happened to that inner child. They don't remember the hurt, the pain, the suffering, the betrayal. You know, they don't remember any of that. So maybe you need to go get some counseling, go get some therapy, and get some help to find out what happened to that inner child. And while all of a sudden you start acting outside of yourself, you're out of character, you're not being who you are, you're not being yourself. So find out, you know, and address that problem. Find out you were betrayed as a child, you were hurt, you were abused, you were exposed to things that you shouldn't have been exposed to. Trauma, you know, a kind of dysfunctional behavior, you know. I mean, it's very important, you know, so a lot of times children have been abused and they don't remember, right? So when your inner child starts coming out, you start having all kind of fears, irrational fears, uh, doubts and low self-esteem and your confidence is plunging and, you know, you just don't know what's going on. It's important for you to go and find out What's going on with that inner child? That inner child want to come out and play. They want to have fun when it's time to be serious. You know, they want to joke when it's time for them to focus on things. They want to be distracted. So what's going on? Find out. You know, and some people can take that inner journey. They can do that inner work by themselves. They don't really need to get a therapist or counselor or somebody, a spiritual advisor. Sometimes they don't need that. They can actually do themselves. They can self-heal. You know, they can self-reflect. You know, um, 
self-reflection can definitely help them go through it and come out of it, all right? But unfortunately, most people can't go through it by themselves and actually heal themselves, so they're going to have to get some kind of counseling, some kind of therapy to kind of bring everything to the surface so they can start dealing with that inner child, okay? And once they solve that problem, they go back and they face that inner child and whatever that inner child is trying to tell them. Whatever that inner child is saying, they're going to have to listen. The inner child is saying that I was abused, I was hurt, I was traumatized, I was damaged. Okay, then you need to start the healing process. Okay, you need to confront that, you know, confront it, deal with it, address it, deal with it, process it. And once you process that memory, you deal with it, then you could put it back you can integrate it into the general memory, and it doesn't have to have a life of its own. That memory doesn't have to stand out and become a ghost hunting you, okay? And resurfacing only when you're a little down, whether your mental or emo emotional immune system is down, that's when that inner child, that traumatized, let's be specific, that traumatized inner child comes out and want to play and cut up and act up, okay? But once you visit or revisit the issues that affected that inner child and you deal with it, you address it, you confront it, you learn whatever lesson you need to learn and you change the narrative. Change the narrative meaning that you have closure, all right? Because that inner child is still acting as if that incident is still happening, as if they're still being traumatized, as if this is happening today. That's how it's happening for them because they're stuck in a time loop they still 12 years old, reliving that same memory over and over. They still 15, or they still two, they still one. And you have to let them know it's over. Okay, that trauma is over, it's gone, it already happened. And you have to just make peace with it, resolve it, and integrate that memory into the general memory. And that child, that inner traumatized child won't have a life of his own, and it'll be integrated into your memory. Okay, like it's supposed to. It's a memory that went rogue. All right, it's a memory that went rogue. That traumatized memory went rogue, rogue. It was so painful that, you know, it just didn't want to be absorbed because, you know, it hasn't been healed. You know, it hasn't been healed. The mind is a powerful thing. The mind cannot incorporate that memory into the general memory because it hasn't been healed and it's going to really mess you up if that happens. So it has to isolate that memory, isolate that traumatic memory, be specific, and now it can deal with it. And if you're not mentally ready to deal with it at that time, then it'll still be lingering until you're mentally ready to deal with it. So in other words, you can't really get away from it. You know, you can't deal with it at 18. You may deal with it at 28. You can't deal with it at 28, maybe at 38 or 48 or 58 or 60. But at some point, you're going to have to deal with that traumatized inner child. You're going to have to do the healing that inner child requires. It's like a exorcism in a way. It's a mental, emotional, spiritual exorcism. You're removing that traumatized self, that traumatized inner child. You're removing that memory that's hunting you, that's, you know, that's just causing you so much anguish and disappointment and guilt and fear and shame. You're learning to let it go. You're learning to remove it. But before removing it, you're dealing with it. You're confronting it. You're healing it. Sometimes you have to go and you got to hug that inner child that traumatized inner child. You got to hug him or her. You got to remind him or her that it's okay. It's all right. You know, they went through abuse. It's okay. It wasn't their fault. They didn't deserve it. 
They didn't do anything to bring that upon themselves. You know, that they didn't deserve to be abused, to be abandoned, to be neglected, to be molested, to be raped. They didn't deserve any of that. You know, they didn't deserve it. It's nothing that they did to bring that upon themselves. We just have a lot of sick people in the world who've been so hurt and damaged and traumatized themselves that they go around hurting people. Like the old saying goes, hurt people, hurt people. You know, so it's a sickness that's passed on. It's a contagious sickness. When a person's hurt, they go around hurting other people. And this is what happens. It's a contagious state of mind, that sickness, that psychopathic mentality where people hurt people, hurt people. And we have to nurture that inner traumatized child, hold him or her, and let them know that it's okay. That it's okay. That, you know, it happened, but it's not their fault. They didn't deserve it. They didn't do anything to call that upon themselves because they were just a child. What can a child do? A child is innocent. A child don't know nothing. All right, so we have to be able to let that inner child know that it wasn't his or her fault and for them to forgive themselves if they carried any shame or blame or guilt or judgment. They have to let it go. It wasn't their fault. And we also also have to let them know that they are pure. You know, they're beautiful. They're perfect. Just the way they are. You know, that inner child didn't need to do anything different. That child was a child. All right? They didn't need to do anything. They was a child. Adults were supposed to take care of them and nurture them and love them and protect them and help them. But unfortunately, those adults weren't ready to be parents or they didn't do their job. They were dysfunctional or they were unhealthy. They were not good people for whatever reason. And they failed to protect that child. They failed to nurture that child. They failed, you know, to provide for that child. They failed, not the child. The child has to release that guilt and shame that somehow it was their fault, and it's not. They got to let that inner child know that so that inner child can let go of those powerful emotions of guilt and shame and just feeling bad. Let it go so the healing process can start. But they have to dissolve all those negative thoughts and they have to dissolve that trauma in order for the healing to start. And once the healing starts, then they could begin to let go. Let go of all those things, release themselves, free themselves, so they can integrate back into the memory, the general memory into the general self. And that false ego could be dissolved. You know, it won't have a life of its own. All right. So we have to be able to take the time to talk and get the help we need to heal that inner child. Because that inner child probably saw things that they weren't supposed to see as, as a child. They felt things that they weren't supposed to feel. They experienced things that they weren't supposed to experience. They weren't ready emotionally, mentally, spiritually to deal with that type of trauma. They weren't ready. I don't think at any stage anybody's ever ready, but when you get older, you get a little bit more strength and wisdom and structure and order that you can deal with certain challenges in life. But when you're young, you don't know how to handle those things. So that's why it's so devastating when children are abused or exposed to abuse or neglected or abandoned. You know, it's so difficult because they're young and they're just forming their identity. They don't know who they are. They don't know what's happening. So it gets pretty confusing. It's pretty confusing. So that's why it's important to heal that inner child. Start to nurture, learning to love and, uh, and just appreciate and accept that inner child as he or she is. It's like you're okay, you know, you're loved just the way you are. And they start embracing themselves, loving themselves, 
you know, separate from that trauma, detach from that trauma, disassociate from it, because it's not who they are. It did not define them. It didn't make them. It's something that happened to them, but it didn't make them or change them into anything else. So it's very important for us to get that healing for the inner child, start nurturing the other child, healing and loving and accepting and forgiving, all right? And once we do that, then we can start the healing process. It's very, very important, that inner child, all right? So that's the traumatized inner child, okay? So now let's go ahead on and talk about that little boy and little girl that's inside all of us, okay? So it's still that child, but this is not a traumatized child. This is just that playful little girl and little boy that's inside all of us. Okay, yes, we're adults right now. Yes, you know, we're grown. You know, we have children of our own. We have families. We have responsibilities. We have jobs. We have obligations, duties. And yes, we're grown, right? But we still have that playful child inside of us. All of us do. We have that playful child inside of us that never grew up, which is okay. We're supposed to have that part of us that's still there, that part of us that want to laugh and giggle and play and use our imagination and be impulsive at the right times and just be free and just let go and just enjoy the moment and be present. We all have that little girl and that little boy inside of us. All of us do. And at times we can see it. We can see that playfulness coming out, that, you know, that openness, that creativity, you know, that spontaneity, that, hey, I'm in the moment and I'm going to live it up. You know, I just want to have fun and I just want to laugh like there's no tomorrow, dance like nobody's watching, you know, and just enjoy and submerge into life. I mean, we all have that little boy and that little girl inside of us. We all do. We have that playful little child. That's what we want to call it, the playful little child that want to come out and play, which is fine. You know, we need to be able to activate that playful little child inside of us. It's okay. We have to know when to activate that little playful child, when for us to tell jokes and when, you know, for us to let our hair down and for us to just, you know, just be who we are, just authentically ourselves, you know, just uninhibited, just free. Sometimes you have to let that playful child come out and play. You have to open the door for that playful child to play and just have fun, you know, just have fun and truly connect and be present and just enjoy the finer things in life. Sometimes we have to do that, but sometimes some of us are so serious and we're so tight and we're so rigid that we don't allow that playful child to come out. We don't allow that playful child to come out. We want to lock him or her up in a cage. We want to put him in prison. We want to put them behind bars. We want to restrict them and not let them come out. And to our own sadness and to our own feeling of being inhibited, you know, we, we're, we're not helping ourselves when we lock up that playful child. You know, we're doing ourselves a disservice because it's absolutely necessary to let that playful child that's part of us come out. 
Okay, we need that in our relationships. You know, we need that for ourselves as individuals, as I just stated. But we also need that playful child to come out sometimes in our relationship. Sometimes we can have a relationship with someone, whether it be a husband, a wife, or, you know, or a friend, and we're so closed-minded, we're so uptight, you know, we're so serious all the time. Yes, life is serious. Yes, we need to take life serious. But at the same time, there's a time and a place for everything, and we need to know when to let that happy inner child out. You know, we got to know when to do that in our relationships. We make our relationship more fun, more, more spontaneous, more alive, more passionate. You know, we can't always be so serious. You know, we got to pay the bills. We got to take care of the children. We have to take care of the household. We have to go to work. We have to, you know, be so this and be so that. You know, there has to be a time where it's safe, that it's okay, that's appropriate and acceptable to let that playful child out. You have to make that time. Whether it's a time that you go on vacation for you to do that, whether it's a time that you just go and be away from everybody, you know, you go to the beach by yourself and sit in the sand, run your feet through the sand and your hands, build sand castles. You know, it's a time where you go in the, in the playground and go slide and swing. Be a kid again. Let that playful child come out and laugh and dance and have a good time. It's okay. That playful child is here and that playful child wants to be alive. So it's okay. You have to be the one to find the time, okay, in the place, in the situation, in occasions, in conditions to allow that playful child to come out to play. I can't emphasize on that enough. It's very important because that helps you stay healthy. It helps you stay young. It helps you stay flexible. It helps you stay creative. It helps you stay passionate. You know, when you have that sense of humor, you know, I mean, I don't know about the animals. I don't know if they have something that's similar to our laughter or humor. I've never seen a dog laugh. I've never seen a bird laugh. So I don't know. And uh, scientifically, they can't prove if they do, if they don't. They don't know. Okay, they may have something that's equivalent. We don't know. But I know that it's definitely a blessing. It's definitely a great joy that we as human beings have the capacity and capability to laugh. We have humor. And, you know, and I, I love to see children laugh. If you see the way the children laugh, they laugh unconditionally. They laugh full-heartedly, authentically. They're not holding nothing back. It's just a full laughter, alive. And so I think it's very important that we learn to laugh like children. Let that playful child come out. Because we all have that playful child. That playful child not going nowhere. It's still part of us. It's still part of our personality. You know, yes, it's compartmentalized. Yeah, I mean, it has a place and a time for it to come out. But it's still there. You just have to tap into it. Just have to access it and release it. Okay? Relax. Enjoy yourself. You know, another way that inner child come out is through dancing. That that playful inner child, that playful child, come on out and dance. When you're dancing, you're releasing all that energy. You're allowing that energy to flow through you. You're, you're getting in tune with the rhythm. And you're letting that wave just move with you, just flowing, just vibing. That's when that playful inner child come out and dance. 
That playful inner child is the dancer. They come out and just cut up, just have a good time. Let that inner child come out, that playful inner child. Let him or her come out and cut up and dance and just have a ball. Let them do that. Let them do that. All right, another part of that playful child is that creativity. Okay, they, they like to draw, they like to paint, they, you know, they like to write, they like to read, they like to be stimulated creatively. They love to use their creativity, creatively, creativity. They like to use it. That inner playful child like to connect to creativity and that's what activates them. Whenever you get more in tune with your creative side, you're into the drawing, the paintings, the sculptures, the dancing, the music, the singing, you're activating your playful inner child. And that's the way you do it, and we have to do that. We need that playful inner child to come up because that's that part that makes us alive, that makes us vibrant, you know, that gives us passion. We need to connect with that inner child. Please don't let that playful inner child be locked up in some prison in your mind and just tucked away. Don't let him or her be a prisoner. Don't let him or her be stagnant and just stuck. You know, we have to be able to let that playful child come out. All right, so it's very important that we get in touch with that inner child. All right, we already talked about the traumatized inner child, and we just talked about the playful inner child. And talking about the playful inner child, we also spoke about the creative inner child because that's your creativity. That playfulness is attached to creativity, so we can't let that go. Sometimes we just have to meditate and bring upon, you know, that creativity ourselves, bring upon ourselves that creativity that that inner child possess, that playful inner child possess. We got to tap into that creativity. And it's not just for us to have fun. Okay, creativity is not just for fun. It's for self-expression, which is fun, but it's also to create. All right, if we really want to create, you know, we're in a position that we want to create things, whether it be invent new things or just find a solution to our old problems or try to find a way to improve things to make it better, we got to get in touch with that creative inner child. Okay, we got to get in touch with that creative inner child, not just to play, but for us to create, for us to create. And there's been some wonderful things created using that playful inner child energy. You know, it's very important that we know that we can access that creative inner child energy. We definitely can tap into that and we can create some wonderful things, whether it be technologically create things or, you know, whether it be creating books, inventing new machines or advancing the technology that we have now, or whether it be uh, trying to find natural resources for us to be able to um, make things and You know, however we can manifest that creativity, we sure can definitely tap into that creative inner child and access his or her creativity. That is so important. So important. All right, let's talk about that spiritual inner child. I don't know if you all remember when you were children how you were so open to the spirit world. 
You're so open to the spirit world. You are such a firm believer in fairy tales and and um, other worlds, other possibilities. Sometimes children can have what they call imaginary friends. Okay, imaginary friends. They would literally have imaginary friends and. We can say that some of these children were actually contacting spirits. You know, not everybody believes in the spiritual world. Not everybody knows there's a spiritual world. They may not believe in angels and spirits and demons and, you know, other entities from other dimensions, other realms. Some people may not really believe that. But we have a lot of people who do because they've had personal experience with these things. So they know they're not just hearing stories. They had their own personal experience. Now, as children... A lot of us have experience with the spiritual realm. You know, whether we had visions or whether we saw something, we heard something, or we were able to communicate with something, or something was able to communicate with us. So because of that, children, you know, tend to tell you stories about things. And some people think that they're just stories, that maybe it's a product of their imagination and that it may have not happened. But you'd be surprised. A lot of these things are real. Children are very much in tune and very open with their spirituality. They are so open with their spirituality. They are at a level where they believe. And some children even will recall some past lives before the age of five. Sometimes they'll tell you when they were somewhere else or when they were living somewhere else. They had another family, you know, they were in other environments. They're, they'll tell you when they were adults. They were adults at some point. They'll tell you about it. So before the age of five, a lot of children are very open with their spirituality. They do tell you about spiritual things. They tell you they're talking to angels or they talking to other entities. You know, they're very open. You know, they believe they have special powers. Sometimes some children tell you they talk to the plants and, you know, they talk to the animals. You know, they tell you there's beings coming to visit them. So the point is we're talking about the spiritual inner child right now. So sometimes we have to get in touch with our inner child, that spirit inner child, that spirit inner child that has contact with the spiritual realm. So sometimes we got to open ourselves to bringing up that spiritual inner child. So we'll be able to get in contact with the spiritual realm as well because it's there. We've done it before and we could do it again. Okay, a lot of people through their meditation, they're able to get access to the spiritual realm, accessing the spiritual child. That spiritual inner child that's in us, we can tap into it and be able to access the spiritual realm. Okay, they can do that. You know, so a lot of people don't know that they have a spiritual inner child. Most people are very familiar with the traumatized inner child or the playful inner child or the creative inner child. But a lot of people don't think about the spiritual inner child. We do have the spiritual inner child in us, all of us. That part of us that when we believed, before we were indoctrinated with all this social construct, before we were told these new concept of time, you know, concept of what is right and wrong, you know, concept of what is education, what is possible and what is impossible. Before we were given those definitions, you know, we, we had that open mind in which we were open to all things as children. You know, if you listen to a child, the child will merge reality with 
imagination. They will mix the two. Sometimes they can't even separate them because it's just like one reality. You know, I'm not saying that we have to get stuck in that reality because unfortunately we won't be able to disassociate or we won't be able to distinguish rather this reality from the other reality. We won't be able to disassociate from that reality to connect to this reality or we won't be able to disassociate from this reality to connect to that reality. We'll be confused. Okay, so we do understand at some point children grow up and they stop living in their heads, so to speak, and they start getting more and more in tune with this physical realm. But children have always had the ability to live in two worlds or multiple worlds. Worlds. They're able to go into this dimension and then they're able to venture into other dimensions. You know, I mean, the imagination is definitely another dimension. The spiritual realm is another dimension. We have other planes of existence. We have astral plane. You know, we, we do have other life forms. And whether people acknowledge that or not, that's something else. You know, but the fact is, as a child, all children is universal. You know, there has to be something to it because most children, if not all children from all cultures, all races, all backgrounds, they tell you at a certain age about spirits, you know, about angels, about imaginary friends, about other dimensions, about other realities. Now, there has to be some type of truth to it. Because if all children, no matter what their background is, from what culture, what race, what location, what ethnicity, what religion, it doesn't matter. Before the age of five, they'll talk about things that are universal. They'll th- things that most children talk about that don't even know each other. Okay, so there has to be some type of truth. So there is something going on. Children have a spirituality. And... You know, maybe they don't really study it. Maybe most people don't study children's spirituality, but children have a spirituality. And that spiritual inner child still exists. So if you want to tap your spirituality, you want to get deeper into the spirit, get in touch with that spiritual inner child. Okay? Get rid of all that programming before you had all that programming, before you had the religious programming, the educational programming, the social programming. You were free as a spiritual inner child to imagine whatever you want to imagine, to get in contact with whoever you want to get in contact with, to talk to whoever you want to speak to without being called crazy, okay, without being called delusional or psychotic, all right? You know, you you would not be diagnosed as schizophrenic. If a child tells you, hey, there's an angel right there talking to me, most people are not going to say you're schizophrenic, (laughs) you know, but if you say that at 14 or 15, they tell you're crazy. But if you say that at two or three, nobody thinks you're crazy. All right, so children, they do have this access to the spiritual realm and they do have permission by society to talk that talk. By a certain age, you know, it's forbidden. That, you know, they don't want to hear it no more because society has thoroughly ingrained them with indoctrinations and, and uh, social constructs that they do forget. They do forget their spirituality. So again, if you want to get spiritual, get in touch with that spiritual inner child. Okay, we're going to talk about another inner child, another child. We're going to talk about that spoiled inner child. It's very important. You know, we already talked about the traumatized inner child. We spoke about that playful inner child. We spoke about the creative inner child. We spoke about the spiritual inner child. Now let's talk about the little brat. Okay, we're going to talk about the little brat. All All of us have a little brat in us. We have that spoiled inner child. That spoiled inner child that 
is so self-centered. That spoiling a child that's just so egotistical. All they want to do is just have their way. Okay? They, they haven't learned yet. That, that spoiled inner child hasn't learned yet how to process their feelings. They don't know yet that there's other people in this world besides them. They don't know that the world does not revolve around them. That people don't have to cater to their every needs. So we do have that inner child, spoiled inner child, that gets everything they want. And they only think about themselves. They don't think about nobody else. Nobody else exists but them. When they cry, they want everyone to stop whatever it is that they're doing and come run into them and take care of them and provide for their needs unconditionally. So yes, of course, with time and maturity, that child learns to understand that the world doesn't revolve around them. There's another world out there and it includes other people. And that child, over a period of time, learned to adjust. They learned to share. They learned to care. They learned to socialize. They learned to be polite. They learned to be uh, respectful. They learned to be kind. And they go on to be able to socialize with other people. Okay? They integrate. All right? But you have that spoil into child that's still there. Some people didn't integrate that spoil into child. That spoil into child, inner child, is still there. And... Sometimes that spoiled inner child comes out to play. And some people, they begin to be very selfish, very self-centered. As adults, they keep that same attribute of that spoiled inner child. They just want to have their way. And they want to manipulate people. They want to coerce or force or, you know, just try to trick people into doing what they want them to do. And that goes back to that inner child. Some people just never you know, learn to be self-disciplined. They never learn how to control their emotions. They never learn how to put everything in proper perspective. So what they end up doing is just continuing that same childlike or childish behavior. They never learn. And you can see them today as adults. They're having fits. They're having temper tantrums. You know, I want, I want it now. (laughs) I mean, I'm sure we know a lot of adults who their spoiled inner child has taken over. A lot of adults have let their spoiled inner child take over. That inner child is dictating the show, running the show, controlling, you know, driving them. And it's part of that false ego. Okay, that spoiled little brat that wants to throw him or herself on the floor just to have their way. And you can look at a person's demeanor. Look at their face when they have a temper tantrum. Look at their body language. Look at their mannerism, their attitude. You could tell that spoiled inner child is there. You could feel that presence. You could see the energy. You could tell that's not an adult. That is a child. <laughs> that spoiled inner child has been out the cage, has been released from the cage, and they're coming out, and they want to play. They want to have fun. They want to run around, and they want to be irresponsible. They want to be reckless. They want to just take off and do whatever they want when they want without thinking of the consequences. They don't want to think about the consequences. They just want to have fun, right? At least that playful child is very conscientious of what they're doing. They're not going to do something and have fun and end up hurting themselves or somebody else. 
That playful inner child is very consciously aware of consequences. They're going to be appropriate. They're going to do things within measures. They're not going to go extreme or overboard. But that spoiled inner child has no boundaries. They don't respect anyone. They're going to do whatever they want because in their mind, that child mind, nobody else exists. Nobody else's needs or wants exist. They're the only one in this big whole world. And they want everyone to cater to them. They want everyone to give them what they want, when they want it, how they want it. Obviously, it's not going to work because life doesn't work that way. There is definitely a balance that has to be maintained. You have to have a balance. In life, you have to have a balance. You can't go overboard with anything. All right? So that spoil inner child has to be dealt with. Okay, that spoil inner child has to learn how to establish boundaries for him or herself and how to have boundaries with with other people, how to respect other people's boundaries. That spoil inner child has to be taught that, you know, there are limits, that they can't have everything because there are consequences to everyone's deeds and that they have to learn how to maintain a balance. They have to know when to do things and when not to. Everything has to be done in moderation, in balance. And there's also a time and a place for everything so that spoiled inner child has to be unspoiled. That spoiled inner child has to be unspoiled. Definitely that can be a challenging task because some spoiled inner child or the children are very stubborn and hard-headed. That's that part of us that just want to survive, that just want to be able to just do whatever we want. All right. And they resist growing up. Okay. But we have to help them, tame them, and help them get under control because them being out of control can cost us too much. We have too much to lose as adults. You know, we have so much to lose. We've worked so hard in our careers, so hard in our relationships and our families and building a life for ourselves. And that spoiled inner child come out, you know, that can ruin everything. That could take everything away. That could destroy everything. And that spoiled inner child can definitely be self-sabotaging. Okay? The same way that that traumatic, that traumatized inner child can be reckless, that spoiled inner child could be just as reckless, just as demanding, just as self-sabotaging. So we have to pay attention to the different aspects of our personalities, you know, for us to see what is manifesting, what's coming out. Now, we have definitely been influenced by our inner child, you know, I mean, it's a fact. You can actually see that inner child coming out to play and coming out to present itself. So it's, it's up to us to address that inner child, talk to the inner child, and get whatever it is that inner child is bringing out. And also be able to help that inner child integrate itself into our personalities, into our you know, our state of being and not just be fragmented and having a life of his own. Because all those things come together to make us who we are, okay? We have the traumatized inner child, 
We have the playful inner child, we have the creative inner child, and we have the spiritual inner child, and we have the spoiled inner child. So we have to learn how to incorporate them after we get what we need from all of them. Because all of them bring something to the table to help us be more holistic, to help us to be more complete, to help us have a different perspective on life, okay, to help help us have a perspective on life. So it's nothing wrong with having a traumatized, traumatized inner child. Because, I mean, we're going to be exposed to trauma. When I say nothing wrong, I'm not saying that's something that we should have, but saying that it's not abnormal. It is normal to have a traumatized inner child. You know, something is wrong. Yes, we shouldn't live in a world where children are traumatized, children are abused, children are hurt. But at the same time, anything can traumatize a child. It's not just of something bad. It could be a natural disaster. It could be a child was exposed to a hurricane. And because of that natural crisis, that child was traumatized and now they're hurt. It could have been that a child's mom died at a young age. And because of the loss of that parent, that child became traumatized. It could have been that a child moved from one place to another. And that mo- that movement, that relocation, that migration upset that child's life. Leaving you know, their family behind, leaving friends, leaving a certain environment, a certain culture, a certain way of life. Entering into a new one, that's traumatic. So when I say there's nothing wrong with being traumatized, meaning that that's part of life. Things happen. People are going to be traumatized. Okay? I'm not talking about being sexually abused. I'm not talking about being raped. I'm not talking about being you know, uh, victimized um, through a criminal act. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just natural ways that people become traumatized. Things happen. And so that traumatized child has to learn how to heal and let go of that pain, let go of that that suffering, let go of the guilt, the shame, and, you know, the depression, whatever it is that was negative that that child internalized as a result of being traumatized, they need to learn how to let that go. They, meaning that that part of your ego, need to let that go, okay? And that playful child, which is perfectly fine, all children are playful, you know, you have that part incorporated or integrated into your personality. So it's okay to tap or access that when you feel like you're getting too serious, you're getting too rigid and you're too, you know, you're getting too mechanical. It's very important to tap into that playful child to remind you of the playfulness of life, of the joy and the passion in life. Okay. And uh, when you're getting too technological, when you're getting too rigid and too mechanical, you know, let that creative child come out, that creative inner child, you know, let them come out so you can spark your creativity and start doing some stuff, all right? When you start getting too mundane, you're getting too materialistic and you're getting into this physical realm thinking that nothing else exists, you know, you have to tap into that spiritual inner child to bring out your spirituality, to activate your spirituality, to help you connect or reconnect with other aspects of the spiritual world that you ignore all the time or you're just not in tune to because you're so mundane at the time, okay? It's very important for you to tap into that spoiled child, okay? Because when you find yourself doing things that's so self-centered and you're so into yourself to the point where you're not able to connect and share with others, you got to find out what's going on, why that 
spoiled inner child is coming out. I mean, what is that you need to address? Okay, what are you doing that you shouldn't be doing that 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 spoiled inner child is coming out trying to make sure that you take care of yourself, make sure that you're focusing on you, make sure that you're not giving too much to others. Sometimes, you know, when these inner child come out, they're trying to tell you something. So that inner child is just to remind you that something is going on, that you do have a part of you that you're not even consciously aware of that exists. All right. So when they come out or when the symptoms come out, you have to find out what is trying to tell you, what part of you is speaking to you and trying to get you to understand something is going on that you need to pay attention and you need to resolve whatever, whatever inner conflict, inner conflict that you may have. Because we constantly have inner conflicts. You know, we have contradictions. You know, we have problems, you know, trying to adjust what we believe in, what we're told to believe in, what we want and what we're told to want, you know, what we know to be right and what we're told that is right. So we have these inner conflicts sometimes. So our inner child will come out at times to remind us of being balanced, you know, how Maybe we're going too far to the left or too far to the right. We need to come back and try to balance it out. So it's important for us to allow our inner child to come out, especially our playful inner child, our creative inner child, and our spiritual inner child. We need those three. Those are necessary. Now, the squirrel inner child is just trying to tell you, hey, something's going on. You may need to focus in on yourself a little bit, or maybe you're focusing too much on yourself. Now, that traumatic inner child is letting you know, hey, something's wrong. You know, something's going on. You know, maybe you're getting ready to be traumatized again. All right. Maybe you're getting ready to be triggered. Maybe somebody's taking advantage of you. You know, that that traumatized inner child may be tied into that self-preservation instinct. Okay. It comes out to let you know that something is not right. Something is wrong. You know, you need to, you know, be more safer, be more secure, you know, not be so focused in, in, on the wrong things. So each inner child is trying to tell you something. So it's very important that you pay attention and make the necessary changes. You know, all this is about self-care. All right. Each of the inner child trying to tell you that you have to practice self-care. You got to care for yourself. You got to nurture yourself. You got to love yourself. You got to respect yourself. You got to accept yourself unconditionally. And you have to work to make yourself better. You allow yourself to heal. It's always important to heal because we're always exposed to things. I mean, that's just the way it is. It's by default on this planet that we go through pain. We go through suffering. We go through things that hurt us. So it's it's important for us to allow ourselves to heal, recover, and get better. And be able to transcend no matter what comes. We'll be able to deal with it, recover, and continue. Thank you very much.